Hey guys, welcome to the Young and Not So Dumb Podcast. It's me, Michael, and Abe. Woo! So today I thought of something that would be beneficial for other people since it's been extremely beneficial for me. Um, And if anyone has had similar problems to me, then hopefully it would help. And essentially it is the problem of anxiety or fear or anxiousness. And so I've had a lot of problems with that, um, some more severe problems with that too. Um, and like, it's, it's really weird because like people, they get anxious as a normal emotion. And usually, um, what that means, which I posted in a video on Twitter, um, at my Twitter handle. And I said that you should start listening for like the last nine minutes, um, where Tony Robbins went over like some different core emotions and generally what they mean. Um, but like fear or anxiousness means like, okay, your body's telling you, you've got to get prepared for something. And when that's a problem is when you are prepared, but your body still tells you that you're not prepared. So you've just got to tell yourself that. But if you're past the point to where you can just like simply let yourself know, okay, I got this. Or if you're past the point to where you can change the feeling of, um, fear or anxiety into excitement. Um, which you can usually do by just smiling, um, which is pretty crazy because excitement is when your muscles are really tense and you're smiling. Um, and anxiousness is when your muscles are really tense and you're not smiling. Um, so that that's definitely the first step to go to if you can do that. Um, but if you're past the point of where you can do that, where like you're too anxious or you're too fearful or you're too worried about something or you have like a cycle of um, things that you're thinking about that aren't really related to the exact situation, but they still kind of, they kind of mess with you. Like, um, they, like you're focused on them and you're just getting anxious for no reason. Um, the major thing that I found out to be the most helpful with that is running. Um, so I started running a couple months ago. Um, I think like five or six months ago, maybe more. Um, and that has been life changing for me because I was at a point in my life where, um, I wasn't exactly sure why, um, and I didn't really figure it out yet, but it doesn't matter since I fixed it, um, of having panic attacks. And those, those suck because like just out of nowhere, you'll start like getting anxious and start like breathing weird. And then you'll start like freaking out. Um, even if it's not related to the situation at all, it just kind of happens. And, um, well, that's that's really lame. It impairs you from being able to work effectively. It impairs you from being able to communicate effectively or basically enjoy anything. Um, so I, I tried some I tried some medicine for that and like that helped. And like a lot of medicines, it did cover up the symptoms. So what it did was it physically slowed me down. So it physically slowed down um, my breathing, but it also slowed down like how fast I could talk and how fast I could think. Um, and basically everything. And I did not enjoy that at all. That, that really sucked. Um, so I was thinking of like different things that could fix it. And based on like the, like the hundreds of psychology books that I've read and, um, some of the things that I've learned about like biology and the human body. And what I learned was running, um, that would fix it because like in, in caveman days with evolution, like you would feel afraid or you would start panicking or have some kind of like intense um, reaction in your nervous system. If you were confronted with 
something that could kill you. Like if there is a lion that was going to chase you or a tiger or um, like any kind of predator that was going to like come and attack you. And it was something that you, you couldn't fight. Um, then you would try and get away from it. You would try and run as fast as you can. And um, nowadays, like when people get anxious about different things, there's not really a physical thing to run from. Um, it's usually just something that you've got to work on or like fix on your computer or um, call someone or um, just like go finish a project, different things like that. So it doesn't have that physical aspect of running away. Um, but if you apply the same um, solution that we did in like caveman days when we were, were running away from pre like predators and stuff um, to nowadays, it, it worked. Um, so like what I, what I did um, the first time where I figured, okay, this would make sense and it seems like nothing else is working. So I'm just going to try it is I didn't do any cardio for like uh, about probably a year and a half since like high school. Um, I just kind of like fell out of shape. And then I went to a, I went to the high school track um, nearby my house. And then I just decided I'm just going to run until I can't anymore. And then, so I just started going around the track um, and it like, it seemed really, really hard for me after like a year and a half of no cardio because everything was exhausting after like the first lap. And then, so I went around um, to about, one mile, um, four laps around the track. And then I went to about a mile and a half and I was like, okay, this was insane. I had no idea I could do this. Um, after months of not running and I was super exhausted. I was out of breath. I like my legs were hurting a lot. Um, but the main key with that is even if you're hurting a lot, um, during your first few times running or beyond that, you want to run past what you think is possible. Because like if, like back to the caveman days, if there's something chasing you, you don't want to just give up halfway because then you die. Even if your legs are hurting, if there's a lion chasing you, you're still going to run. It doesn't matter if your legs hurt. You've got to suck it up and run because otherwise you're going to get eaten. So um, basically, in nowadays, since luckily that doesn't happen very much, um, if at all, um, at least like at all in like normal places where we live in America. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that, that's just kind of funny. I'm very glad that doesn't happen. But after you get to the point of where like everything hurts and it's like too, it seems like too far. It seems like you can't do any more. Then you've still got to run some more. You've got to push past it. Um, there's something really interesting that I've, um, that I've read about that I've learned was true and that I experienced through running is that even if you can't conceive of a possibility or a future, or you can't imagine um, that you can do something like you just can't picture it at all, you can still physically do it. So when I was at that point, like a mile and a half after a year and a half of not running, I was just there. I was, I was still trying to push myself, still trying to figure out if I could do that. But at that point, I was so exhausted and I hurt so much that I was like, there's no way I can even like make it another like couple of feet or there's no way I can make it another couple laps. Um, and then what I did was I was like, okay, well, it's either to me, it felt like it's either okay, so I can go home and hope it worked or I can just push through and make sure it's most likely going to work. 
And so I just kept pushing through. And after like the first few feet that I thought that I would collapse after, um, I did it. And what that did was instead of having me just like go home feeling afraid about that, it had me realize, oh, I can do more than I think that I can. And then that would happen for like the next lap. And then that would happen for like the next like different sections of the next lap. And then like before you knew it, I ran two miles and I hurt so much. My entire legs hurt. They felt super sore. Um, like all of my body, it just felt really, it, well, it was, it was used to being tense all the time. So running kind of makes you have to relieve some of that tension. But it, since I didn't relieve that tension, like by stretching or something, then like my muscles were just tearing more and that it really, really, really hurt. And I felt really burnt out. And for like the next two days, I just felt exhausted, um, like physically exhausted. But the amazing thing is I felt mentally really clear. I felt really proud. I felt like I can accomplish anything. I felt like if there's something that scared me, what I should do is I should do it anyways, because chances are I can do it, like what happened when I was running the track. So even though physically it hurt a ton, it was a million times better than panic attacks, because those, they really, really suck. It's like you feel like you're dying even though you know you're not. Um, but instead, after running, I felt like I was extremely hurting um, in like my, my limbs, my legs, all of that stuff. Um, but I also knew that would go away. And I also knew that I could solve any problem that came to me. Um, so overall, like, because it, it sounds kind of hard to understand it with me just talking, but like a simple thing to say is like the, the physical pain of that was a million times worth, like the, the clarity of mind that I had, the ability to like be calm and not just freak out about random stuff. And, um, yeah. And like the, I guess like the pride that I had or the self-awareness that I can do more than I thought that I could. And that is extremely worth it. Something that you should definitely do. Um, so if you have any problems similar to that, what I would recommend is applying what our ancestors had to do to stay alive. And that is if like, you can't identify a problem that you can solve, um, or that you can fix and then not be afraid of it over, or you're just having like excessive worry or excessive anxiety or excessive fear that doesn't apply to the situations, just go home, change, and then run. Just keep running. And the main point with that is you should run a really far distance and you should run past the point where you think you can. After you can't imagine yourself going any further or you imagine yourself passing out or something like that, you just keep running. And then once you realize that you didn't, it, it does some amazing stuff for you. And yeah, so definitely do that. Um, something else pretty interesting and part of why it works is, well, after you get done running, then like in caveman days, after they got done, they stopped running. They had a reason to stop running. That means they can look back and see that they're alive and see that the thing isn't chasing them anymore. And we still have the same biological reaction nowadays, even though there isn't anything chasing us. If we're feeling really afraid and really anxious or like 
kind of panicky and then we run and then we look back and we feel we're still alive and we see that there's nothing there, nothing attacking us. That's where all of those good feelings come in. It changes the, it changes the chemical um, balance or like hormones and stuff like that in your body. So definitely worth it. I thought I should share that since it's been extremely beneficial for me. Um, I run like every couple days to every week um, or so now, and I've haven't had any problems or at least any major problems since then, and it's been life changing. Also, something that I should add with the idea of like if you are having anxiety problems or you're like even like panic attacks or things like that, um, something that is very important is if you have like other severe medical problems or like you're taking like these different medications that limits what you can do, um, you probably should talk to your doctor first. Um, I just didn't think about mentioning that at first because it um, doesn't apply to most people. Um, like even though for me, when I was on that, like, um, anti-anxiety medication, like to take as needed, I think me personally, since I was worried, like over worried about like what could happen, I just waited about a day in, where I didn't take those. And then I ran the next day. Um, so de definitely check with a doctor or a medical professional if you do have something severe that isn't like or that could majorly affect you physically yeah guys all right um yeah that's super helpful um thanks for all the information abe so um that that's something that's helped me a lot too is like working out and doing cardio whenever i feel like stressed so yeah definitely do that it'll help you a lot um yeah, so I wanted to change the topic here a little bit, and I wanted to talk about feeling enough. So, um, feeling enough. First of all, um, what is enough? That's a good question, and based on your definition of it, you may never find like what enough is. Um, like for example, if enough for you is just like this super like low thing, like oh, I'm I'm already enough. I don't really have to do anything else. Like I'm perfect how I am. Um, like you don't have any really any standards that that might be a good feeling like you might feel good like in the present and like that's awesome but at the same time you won't really aspire to be anything more um if you have enough set to this like impossible standard like okay so i need to have as much money as jeff bezos i need to be as beautiful as i don't know pick your favorite like supermodel or whoever you think is like super attractive i have to be that attractive um i have to be this smart you know pick someone who you think is like really smart like you have to be um an einstein and something or like that if you have all those standards like you're not going to feel enough in the moment and that's like really not a good thing because when you don't feel like you're enough you're constantly like it, it pulls you out of the present because you're thinking about like oh my gosh i'm not enough how can i be more or like what can i do to be more and it doesn't allow you to just enjoy life because you can't really enjoy something if you think it's not how it should be thinking something isn't how it should be will make it really hard to enjoy it so um, you kind of want to have a balance. So you want to have like this mindset that like there is more to be, there is more to aspire to. Um, but at the same time, like you're good enough as you are now because you can't just skip all your way through and get to the end of that. Like you can't just skip and be like everything that you want to be. But at the same time, like know that you are something like everything that you've done in your life has led up to something to where you are right now. And even though it may not be exactly where you want to be, just know that in this moment, you're enough, you're exactly where you need to be, because you can always take another step forward and keep moving forward. 
Um, something for me is that I've always like struggled with is I'll like look at the best of something and I'll be like, oh, I'm not that good. But um, whenever I like think really deeply on it, I know that I can outwork anyone. Like I can work harder than anyone else. And I know if I really want something, I can get it. And like that gives me like confidence in knowing that I'm enough because I know I can like work really hard to get whatever I want. So in this moment, like even if I'm not exactly where I want to be, I know I can get there. And just that confidence in knowing that you can, even if you aren't, will let you be enough because you know that this is okay. And knowing that this is okay is like really what like frees you from like these feelings of like, I need to be more because you don't need to be more. You're good right now as you are like in this moment, you're good. You're good enough. You're fine. Like you don't need to be more this moment, but you can work towards being more. And in that you feel really good because you're like, I'm good right now. And that like, this is perfect. But at the same time, I want to become more. And then you can work at it because that gives you a goal, but also gives you the ability to be present and this feeling of contentness. And being content is something that's super important because if you're not content, like let's say, for example, you have, I don't know if you have a phone and then you watch a commercial and then the new phone came out and you're like, oh, I need this. You instantly went from not from being content, like, oh, you have this phone to seeing the commercial, like, oh, I'm not content. I need the next thing. And that leads you to being like, okay, how can I do this? Like, how can I get this? And then whenever you have the thing that you have, you're not okay with that anymore because there's something better. But instead of focusing on the something better, focus on, hey, like I have this, like be grateful for it. And then you'll be content. And sure, you can work towards the thing that's better, but like still be okay and be happy with what you have. Because at the end of the day, that's how it is. It's not just going to change because you wish it did. You can work towards it, but it's like it really comes to a pointless place if you like are like, I need it now and you can't get it now. So it like defeat, it makes everything in your life harder because you're thinking from a place of like, this isn't right. And then nothing you do will feel right. Yeah. Um, also, I just wanted to say, I got a lot of that information, like that helped me personally from like videos on YouTube and like books and stuff. Um, but like a big part of that was from a video by Russell Brand on not feeling enough. So if you want to go look it up on YouTube, you should, but, um, Yeah. That, that's something that helped me a ton. So another thing I wanted to add on to that is um, make sure you're surrounding yourself with people where you can like be authentic and be real with. Because if you're around certain people and you constantly feel like, hey, I'm not enough around this person or I can't be myself around this person, like then that's not a good thing because you are enough as yourself. Like You don't have to change anything. And if you do have to change yourself, then, um, well, you could take it like as... Um, feedback to you could be like, okay, is this something I actually need to change? But if it's not something you actually need to change, and it won't make your life better, if you do change the thing that you feel like you have to, and you're on the person, then don't hang around those people or try to hang out with them less. Because being you at your most authentic and like who you really are will make you the happiest. And if you have to change yourself a lot for someone, then chances are that's something that that person needs to work on and not you. So surrounding yourself with that with people like that is never going to let you be your true authentic self. Um, so yeah, that's another part I just wanted to add in. Yeah. So the stuff that Michael talked about, um, about being good enough and that you are already good enough and that you can, along with that, you can still aspire to be better is completely right. Something that if like you don't believe that, um, about yourself, you should definitely keep listening to things that reaffirm that until you believe it, because it's very healthy and very true. And I think Michael described that super well. Um, 
And then also on the next topic about hanging out around people that you don't feel like you can be authentic around. Um, for that, I've had um, some very varied personal experiences with being authentic around people and not being authentic around people. And um, basically, a main thing that happened in my life, I know, is that for a lot of like earlier parts of high school, I was extremely authentic. Like I did not care what anyone thought of me um, if it was different than my opinion, because I knew like my idea of like going out and talking to people was to one, well, like get to know them. Like they're interesting people. Like everyone has something interesting to talk about. And then two, like hopefully help them feel better, like as a part of their day or like a part of like just their experience of life and things like that. And then also like, it's kind of interesting for me because I get to learn things or I get to have fun. And it's like, yeah, that was pretty good. And I didn't worry about anyone judging me. I didn't worry about like, oh, if this person said this thing about me, then it's not going to like work and change my whole identity. Um, or I'm not going to like feel afraid about presenting that part next time because I just didn't care. And then I got to this point where um, someone started spreading a lot of rumors about me. And that that really messed with me because I've heard that over and over and over and over again um, with people telling me negative things over and over and over again that I started to think like, oh, is maybe that's true. I keep hearing it. If all these other people say it's true, then is it true? And I started believing it. I started believing that like I did a lot of things that I didn't do. And it was just, it really changed my identity. And then beyond that point, um, at least in, for sure in college, that is when I started being afraid to be authentic around people um, during like the end of high school and college. And that changed everything because it like pretty much every conversation or most conversations, they sucked because like I... I would think about doing something or like maybe not really think about it that much because I would just think about like, okay, so these people are talking, acting, um, saying stuff like this. So what can I say to fit in? And although you might think that that is the right way to go about like interacting with different people, um, through my overall experience, it's not. And I feel like mostly I'm back to the point where I don't try to say stuff to fit in. I try to say stuff to be me and like meet, meet like the other goals that I was talking about of what can I do to make this moment better? And what can I do to learn about a different person? Because they're interesting. And um, so, but with that, going back to instead the goals of what can I say for me to fit in and for me to be accepted um, is definitely limits you. It limits what you can do. Um, it does limit what you can say or how you can behave to something a lot less interesting most of the time and something a lot less congruent. And with that, people can generally sense when someone's being con like congruent or incongruent, meaning like they, they're saying who they are, like, or they're like telling their truth. Like this is what is, this is what I feel is right. This is what I feel like is me, this is something I can communicate versus someone thinks like a truth of theirs, like this is them, this is what they feel is right. And then saying something different. Um, people can usually feel or like recognize when there's a small discrepancy in that. And then right away, that makes you a lot 
I guess, like, weirder in a bad way because there's like this kind of eerie sense of like distrust in what you're saying and then it also like if you're just trying to act like the other people it's it's not going to be as good it's not going to be as interesting um it's not going to be as remarkable different things like that like when you're yourself you should always just try to be yourself no matter what if you feel like people are going to judge you just try being yourself if they judge you guess what it doesn't change who you are. You're already good enough. All you know is like, oh, so these people judge me really quickly. That's something that I can. Um, that's something that I can learn. I can either um, do something different, so maybe they won't judge me, or I can just accept that. Oh, they judge me for that. I can just keep being me, and then I'm sure that's like we'll have some other points in common, and like maybe we'll be good friends anyways. Because people can have totally different opinions and still be good friends. Um, because that's about values instead. But, um, yeah. So, with that, like, being authentic wins, like, nearly 100% of the time. Um, and a way, an overall way that I thought about thinking of this situation that really helped me, um, like, go back to being fully authentic instead of trying to be put in a box with like what other people thought was acceptable and like a part of what they did like a hundred percent of the time um was the idea that if you're not being authentic you're robbing other people of your congruency you're robbing other people of who you are so you can think about that with like a bunch of different people like would would you rather have a really shallow conversation with someone where they're just like basically saying a script like oh how are you today i'm good what about you you're good okay well yeah and that like basically that or would you rather have like a actual interesting deep conversation like oh hey i did this today i was really excited about this um this was really cool um and then like what what's something that excites you what's something that you're really interested in then you can learn more about the other person instead of just like kind of an everyday acceptable um script that people would say to fit in um, but essentially the main point i think to get from this because i'm kind of being all over with it since i'm not exactly sure what is the best thing to share but it's essentially that when you're not being authentic you're robbing other people of connecting with who you are. And when you're not being authentic, you're also being inauthentic, which inauthentic in a way is kind of like a form of lying, like kind of portraying something that's not true to cover up something that is true, um, which is a definition of lying. So no matter what, even if someone judges you, first of all, it doesn't change your value as a person, what they judge you as. And it doesn't change if you're good enough because you already are. And it like they might talk about like some flaw that you have that you've been wanting to work on. And that that might hurt a bit um, to the degree that you care about like their opinion and to the degree that you accept their opinion as more of a reality than your opinion. Um, but it also means like, OK, cool. Well, I got some feedback on this. This might help me in the future. Um, so there's like really nothing negative about being authentic. If you look at it in a larger scale, it's always better. 
Um, so I, I would just personally try that. Like if you're, um, like if you're worried about like this group of people judging you or, um, you're worried about like saying something silly in a situation, or you're worried about like sharing different things about yourself. Um, you should just do it. And then know that like some people might try and use that against you in a different way and know that some people might like do something negative in response to what you say, but also know that it opens up like this entire new, um, this entire new array of possibilities of like, oh, I can actually, I can actually connect with this person. I can actually have a meaningful um, conversation. I can actually, I can actually be myself and not have all the stress that builds up from being continuously inauthentic, which the stress and the tension in your body does kill you over time. So be authentic. It's way better. And if you're afraid, do it anyways. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to that. So um, being authentic. So another way that like I think about it too is like, um, so how to know, like, should you care about this person's opinion? Well, ask yourself, do you want to be like this person? Does this person have the same goals as you? Does this person want you to go the same place that you want yourself to go? Um, and then if they don't, then why do you care about their opinion? Like maybe to some degree, but if you care about someone's opinion who doesn't want the same thing that you want, and most chances are that a person isn't going to want the exact same thing that you want, then basically you're not letting yourself go towards the thing that you want. Because if you change, if you want to be a doctor, but you listen to advice from someone that wants to be a lawyer on life, and you're like always trying to get their opinion on it, you're not headed the same direction. So they might give you some good advice, but most of the stuff that they care about isn't going to be stuff that you care about because you're trying to do something completely different than them. So caring about their opinions on like what you do in life and what you're doing and who you are, it, it doesn't make sense. So make sure like that the people that you listen to, that you listen to their opinions, you look for their feedback, make sure you decide who those people are and make sure they're the right people. Because if you choose the wrong people, you won't end up where you want to end up. You can wish and hope and pray that you're going to end up in the right place. But if you don't set up your life to get there, it won't happen. So um, having people that having um, caring about people's opinions that don't want to go the same place that you want to go which leads to being inauthentic, won't allow you to become the person you want to be. And it robs those people of who you actually are. And it robs the people who you actually want to be with of who you actually are, like Abe was saying. So um, yeah, only care about opinions of people that want the same thing that you want. And like, for example, that goes for like parents too. Like a lot of people, a lot of people do things just because their parents want them to do them. But like, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, do you want what your parents want for you? Or do you want what you want for yourself? Like I had to not listen to a bunch of people like my aunts, my uncles, my parents, a bunch of people pressure me to do a lot of stuff. And um, for a while, I kind of just went with it. But then I realized like, hey, like this isn't going to make me happy. It might make my mom and dad smile that I did this thing for them. Or my uncles and aunts smile like, hey, he did this or he's doing that, but it's not going to make me happy. And at the end of the day, like, if you're not happy, like, like, how is it your life anymore? It's not even your life if you're not living it for yourself, like to a degree, obviously, like giving other people is awesome, too. But if you're not living your life, like for like things that would make you happy, then like, it's not even your life at that point. So yeah, be authentic, um, only care about people's opinions that want the same thing as you. And uh, make sure you're living your life that you actually want to live. 
So caring about people's opinions that don't want the same thing that you want is useless and it will make life um, a lot worse. You'll do things you don't actually want to do. Another thing I wanted to add, guys, is who actually knows you? Like who actually knows you? Um, this is something Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about. Um, but like who who actually knows you? Does your mother know you? Does she actually know you? Does she know everything about you? Of course not. Does your closest friend know everything about you? Like, guys, think about this. Of the 7 billion other people on Earth, no one actually knows you. And I mean actually knows you. No one. So why would you care what they think about you or what they judge in your decisions? They don't have all the information. They don't know everything about your life. They don't know why you do exactly what you do because they haven't lived every second of your life. They don't understand all of it. Only you do. So you should be the big judge of what you do and why you do it. And caring about other people's opinions who don't have all the information. Like, guys, guys, think about this. Jesus was crucified. Jesus was killed. He was a really good guy. He went around the world and did miracles. He brought people back to life. He healed the blind. He healed the sick. He taught people things. He taught people how to live. And people still hated him. Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. I don't know if you're religious or not, but a lot of people, even historians, agree that Jesus did exist. And maybe you don't believe in all the healings and stuff, but he was a great teacher at the very least. And people still hated him to the point where he got killed. Like that that goes to show like it like people are always going to hate on people. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Someone's always going to hate you. Someone's always going to have a reason to say something negative to you. Just don't listen to it. No one actually knows you except for you. So don't listen to it. Your mother doesn't know you. For goodness sakes, like just don't listen to what other people say because they don't have all the information. They just they just don't know and they can't. It's impossible for them to know. If your mother doesn't know, why would you care what someone else who lives on the street or like whatever says something to you? They don't know. So who cares? Yeah. So what Michael was just talking about with um, like your your mom, your dad, they don't know you because they don't know every second of your life. That's extremely true. That was eye opening for me. Um, I learned about that in a Gary Vaynerchuk video, um, and I would definitely recommend watching that. Like I'm pretty sure that Michael and I could find that and then we could post that on our Twitter. Um, and that, that would be helpful. Otherwise you could just Google search it and bring that up too. But on, on top of that, um, one thing that also kind of really convinced me more about how that's a good way to perceive, perceive the world and perceive you, how you should value other people's opinions is kind of the alternative, alternative of that. Um, so with that, it's essentially like, okay, so let's say that your parents, like they, they do have, or they do have like your best interests in mind. Like they want you to be happy. They want you to like live a good life. They, they really love you and care about you, like no matter what they say. So they want you to have all of these good things. And in addition to that, they also want to be like, oh, um, my kid has all these good things, and that means that I'm a good parent, too. Um, so there's kind of like two different main things that he talked about as motives that are just kind of innate. Um, I do think it's more the first thing, more about the loving and caring than more of like the status or, um, affirm or reaffirming like how they did. Um, so I do think it's mainly the first one. But like even though that they have kind of the same goal as an outcome of you is for you to have like a really good, a really happy, a really 
um, long and successful life is that the way that you achieve that is probably different. So if they're like, okay, so here's what I figured out that would probably be the best for my kid to have like the happiest, most successful life would be for him to, like, this wasn't it for me, but it was like for him to go to four years of college and then after that, go to medical school and then like become a doctor and then work this job of like 50 hours a week and then also taking vacations and stuff like that. And then also um, like being interested in this thing, like being interested in um, traveling and not interested in video games or um, different things like that. And basically all of that, even though it's coming from like the same motive, like the same reason um, that aligns with you, like trying to have a really good, happy, successful life, um, it's a different strategy that they're, or a different blueprint that they're trying to push on you. And that is where the major disagreement would happen. So, and yeah, so like they could have an entirely different blueprint of you, like saying they wanted all the medical stuff for you, all the medical school stuff, and then a being a doctor, but you really, you just really did not like um, working in an office. Like you wanted to start a gym. Um, you wanted to like become an artist. You wanted to paint for a living. Um, and so you just wanted to get like a part-time job and then work on something else and then keep going until that worked um, and ch- changing things until that worked. And that would have made you happier than already having the money and already having um, like the success and the freedoms and stuff like that. You just wanted to do it through this medium and you were happier with that than you would be with the benefits of like this other job. And, um, the thing about that is no one knows except you, because like Michael was saying, you only know you, you've only been there all the moments of your life. No other human has been there. (laughs) Um, so that, that's something very important to think about. Like, even though that they probably have your best interests in mind, they have a totally different blueprint for you, a totally different strategy. And that's not going to work. And then another Mary or another major thing that Gary, if he was talking about was like, okay, so let's say, you know, you really want to do B, like you really want to do plan B, um, but you stick with plan A, the plans that your parents set out for you. And you weren't happy. You didn't like it. You spent years following the path that they had set out for you, but you didn't like it. What that's going to do is that's going to, one, allow you to put the blame onto them. So it's like, it's, it wouldn't be that you're not, or that you're responsible for having a life that you're not very happy with. It would be that because I did what my parents wanted me to, which is kind of pushing the blame onto them, then they would be responsible for that. And so you like 10 years later, after doing what they wanted you to do, instead of what you wanted to do, then you would just be feeling like, oh, this sucks. I don't like any of this. And it's my parents' fault. Is that going to help you maintain or build a good relationship with your family? No, it's going to be full of resentment. It's going to be full of like spite and all of these other like intense negative emotions. Whereas like if you do plan B, like what you wanted to do or the way you wanted to achieve like the same goals, then what would happen is like anytime that you mess up, it would be on you. 
And even if your parents like are upset and they disapprove of it first and like they have some negative emotions um, towards you now, 10 years in the future, when you're actually happy about what you're doing, or at least like you're working on it and you're doing your own thing, they, by that time, like probably 99% of the time, or like, it's very rare where they wouldn't have just accepted that. And they wouldn't see like how you're living. And they like, if they see that you're enjoying how you're living, they're just going to be happy for you. It doesn't matter if they followed exactly um, what they wanted to do. If you're doing stuff that is still having you live like a happy, like somewhat successful life, they're going to be happy for you because you love, they love you. And like, it's basically short-term relationship. Going with their plan is probably better. Going with your plan is probably worse. Short-term, like a year or less. Long-term, like 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years in the future, it's going to be healthier and happier and overall much better for you to just stick with your plan, what you want to do, because then you'll just feel happy and connected to your parents and not have that resentment and you'll have a better quality of life overall. Yeah, guys, that, that's something super important. Um, also another thing, if you think about it, like when you're, when you're like 80 years old or like when you're 50 or, you know, like when you're any age, like where you're kind of what you consider old, you can't like go back and do the things that you wanted to do when you were younger. Like you can't go back in time. So you're going to have regret. And that's like a really crappy thing. And Gary Vee touches on this. He's like, what do people talk about when they're in nursing homes? Like what, what do they talk about when they're in their eighties or nineties? Regret what they didn't do, all the stuff that they didn't do. And it's really sad, but you can avoid that by making the choice now. Like, Hey, I'm going to do the stuff I actually want to do that I'm actually going to enjoy. I'm going to try all that stupid crap that my parents said I shouldn't do. Like not, not like, not like drugs and stuff, but I mean like doing stuff that they think is stupid. Like for me, for example, I wanted to be a professional Call of Duty player. Guess how much of my family thought that was a great idea? Yeah, that's right. None of them. Crazy. Um, but I still tried to do it anyways and it, it didn't work out, but I still enjoyed the process of it and I learned tons of things from it. Tons of stuff just from going ahead and trying to do it. And I probably still could go pro and go be a professional Call of Duty player. But the point is, if that's what I choose to do, I choose to do it. I'm doing it for me. Like I know I want to do it and it will make me happy. And not at least trying would be like a huge regret. And I'll always like wonder like, what if, what if, what if? So like, go like do the thing that you actually want to do, whether or not your parents want you to do it. Because at the end of the day, if you follow what they say, you're not going to get what you want. You have to follow what you say, what you want, and then you'll get what you want. Or at least I know, okay, this isn't going to work out. Maybe my parents are right, but don't give yourself a reason to have regret. You still have to go through and try those things. Otherwise, it's going to suck. You're going to have a really crappy time when you get older because you're like, man, I should have done this. And that's never going to change. And it never will be able to be changed because you didn't do it. You didn't even try. So at least try, give it a shot. I mean, guys, guys, 10 years from now, if you're in your like 20s, you're still going to be 30s. Gary Vee would say, you're going to be a baby. He said like, he said when he would turn 40, he said if he knew he was going to feel this good when he was 40, like, like he wouldn't have believed you. Like you couldn't have told him that. Like he thought when he was 40, he would just be done. Like he would feel like I'm so old, but he always says like how great he feels when he is 40, which is like, it's, that's good news to me. It's like, oh, that's pretty awesome. But like, 
you could do nothing right for 10 years and still come out on top. Like it doesn't like do the things that you actually want to do. Like Abe said, short term, it may not look like it's going to benefit you a lot, but just do the things that you actually want to do. Don't listen to your parents. Don't listen. Like you can always have a backup plan. Like I could always go and do the thing that my parents want me to do in 10 years. It's still going to be there. I'm not missing out on anything. I'm just older. Like, like, but I at least got to try all the other stuff I want to do. And Hey, what if that stuff does work out? If I put in the time, if I put in the effort, what if it does work out? My parents are still going to, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, good job. Oh my, you know, oh, you did it. You did it. But I'll never be able to get that if I don't do it, if I don't try. So yeah, guys, just do the thing that you actually want to do. Don't get caught in the trap of listening to just what your parents say, because it's not going to make you happy. Do the thing that you actually want to do. Yeah. And with what Michael was saying, that's super important. That's what we've been talking about for like the last 10 to 15 minutes, because it's extremely important to listen to yourself and do what you think is right. Um, But also with that, I would like, I think this mainly applies to after high school. Like there's different things that you can do within high school, but you should finish it because otherwise there's a lot of like legal things that would happen and that would kind of suck. But it's basically like for life plans, like what you want to do on your own, or like if you want to join it, like the sports team or this club or what you're interested in. Um, But obviously yeah, like, you know, your parents probably don't want you to do drugs and things like that. And that's good to listen to. But for what you're interested in, you should definitely pursue it. And for if you would rather like go to this college or this college or not go to college and pursue something else, you should do what you want to do regarding that. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, this has been the Young and Not So Dumb podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed and learned something. I hope you're going to try some of this stuff out in your life. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Woo!